If I know what social enterprise is and you don't, if I can give you a gift, I can introduce you to social enterprise and I can gift you this world of social enterprise where you could try all of these amazing products and you could read about their stories. And the stories part was absolute key because stories unite and inspire and educate people and children can understand these stories. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Karis Gill is the co-founder of Social Stories Club and was already a serial entrepreneur when she discovered the power and the impact of social enterprise. It really lit a spark for her. She figured that giving gifts of social enterprise products was a wonderful way to introduce people to social enterprise. Those gifts come with stories. Social Stories Club is a social enterprise itself. It gives opportunities to people with barriers to employment. It's going from strength to strength. How does it map its impacts against the UN Sustainable Development Goals? How does it use the incredible power of story? How did Karis and her team decide what to go into the boxes? How did they deal with the pandemic and an enormous shortfall in orders from corporate clients? And how did they deal with the crisis in cardboard? Well, meet Karis in Heidi Fisher's latest episode of the Make an Impact podcast. Welcome to the Make an Impact podcast. Today, I'm joined by Karis Gill from Social Stories Club. Karis, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, please? Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I'm really excited to be here today. So my name's Karis, um, and I'm a social entrepreneur. And I started up Social Stories Club, and this was four years ago now, coming up to four years ago. And uh, what we do at Social Stories Club is we make gifts that create an enormous social impact. So every single product inside one of our gift boxes is a social enterprise and supports a different social cause. And we're a social enterprise ourselves. And the reason that we came about was that we thought that social enterprises of the future. They are going to change the world. They already are changing the world. And when I found out about social enterprise, this was on my uh, 21st birthday was when I came up with Social Stories Club. So maybe 20 years old, I found out about social enterprise. I was just, it was like a light bulb moment. This is the future. I could visualize a world where every business was led by a social mission every single business was furthering and solving all of these social issues out there. And it just filled me with hope, excitement. And I'm an entrepreneur. So I thought this is for me, I could get involved here. So every product is inside our gift boxes of social enterprise, such as teas, which educate girls in tea growing regions, chocolates that support reforestation projects, soap, which uh, empowers individuals with disabilities. And we share all these stories behind the products in a story booklet, which we include inside the gift. And the idea is we want to inspire the world to start social enterprises, support social enterprises through stories, because stories unite people, educate people, inspire people. But we're a social enterprise all the way through. Our boxes are packed by individuals with barriers to employment, which is something that we've wanted to do from the start. And we started two years ago and we we love that program and we're looking to develop that program. And we also offset all of the carbon on the delivery as well um, with our boxes. So we're working to be as environmentally friendly as possible. So that's what Social Stories Club do in a nutshell. (laughs) 
Wow, that sounds amazing, Karis. I'm I'm particularly interested in the fact that you you said you're you're a social entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, and it was it was when you were 20 that you found out about social enterprise. How did that happen? What what was what was going on? How did you first come across social enterprise? Yeah, and I think I kind of answer this question slightly differently every time because it was lots of little things coming together that led me up to that moment. So I started volunteering for charities from the age of 10 years old. It was something that was really important to me. And I knew that some way that would be really incorporated into my life, but I didn't see it being a career because I was an entrepreneur and I knew I wanted to start a business. And I started a few businesses. My first one was age 10 years old, then another age 12, and then another age 17, another age 18, but they didn't work out. Um, But I knew I was excited by entrepreneurship. But when I was volunteering in charities, I found that we were so reliant on donations So whether it's donations of food, donations of volunteer hours or donations of money. And it just felt really frustrating because it wasn't a sustainable model. And I think although it was really important for me to give back, that just didn't that part didn't resonate with me. The fact that, you know, it was a reliance on donations. So when I went over to a year abroad in Canada, I was already aware that entrepreneurship and uh, social impact were things that I was really passionate about, but I didn't know that they could be met in the middle and that social enterprise was a thing. So I was out there at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, and I was looking around their equivalent of a freshers fair. I think they call it frosh. And I came across the social enterprise stool. I was like, oh, what's this? And they told me, well, it's meeting in the middle between charity and business. It's business that creates a social impact. And I was like, wow, this is so obvious. I mean, such a fantastic solution. How would I not heard about this before? And I was just taken. I joined their society. I took up the course as well. And I just knew that this was my calling. I had to champion social enterprise. And I had a wonderful tutor out in Vancouver. And I spoke to her and I said, I really, you know, I have to start a social enterprise. It's just, I'm so passionate about social causes, entrepreneurship. This is how I can give back to the world in the best way. Um, How do I come up with an idea? And she said, you need to pick the problem that you're really passionate about, not the solution. So look at the sustainable development goals and pick the problem. But I was 20 years old. You know, I wanted to support them all. I couldn't, I hadn't had enough life experience yet to be able to identify that I preferred one over the other. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll pick them all then because I found that in the UK, there's 471,000 social enterprises. And when I conducted research for them that nobody knew, what they were only one percent of people knew what a social enterprise was so I thought well I have to introduce the world to these social enterprises they're changing the world how am I going to do that and it was on my 21st birthday that it just all my friends were revising for exams so I went off and sat by this fountain in the middle of campus and it was a beautiful day and I just started journaling and it just came to my head and it was I was like I promise I'm not going to waste this idea you know I promise that you know, I'd be given this amazing idea. I'm not going to waste this opportunity. So I spent a whole year kind of building my mindset up. Um, and then I registered it in July 2018. On the way, I found my co-founder, Ayush, which is one of the best things that ever happened to Social Stories Club. And it's just been 
all uphill from there with a lot of dips in the hill on the way. Wow, an amazing journey. What I love is that you you started setting up enterprises when you were 10 and that you've been through the pain of, of them not working. So do you think you learned a lot of lessons by, by going through that process so that when you did start Social Stories Club, you were actually in a, a better place where you, you could make it work more easily? I think by starting up these different ventures, I, I kind of, I knew that and entrepreneurship was for me you know I was really excited by it I loved the the freedom and the challenges and the unlimited possibilities and I think because I tried it so many times at such an early age I kind of I knew it was for me but I, I've met people I've spoken to many people who are the age of 50 60 70 and they go that was me too but I didn't have an idea and I'm now 60 years old and I, I still haven't had my idea and I I feel I really wish I did and I thought oh I don't want to be in my 50s 60s and feel like I never had an idea and so I never went for it so I just went for it went for it went for it with the wrong idea just because I knew I just had to go for it anyway and the right idea found me in the end and uh that's how Social Stories Club came around. Brilliant. Let's get on to Social Stories Club. I I love the idea that you're combining the stories of, of the, the products that go into the boxes. How did you come up with that idea to do that? Well, I think when, I can't really remember, but I, re, I remember the stories was the most important part. When I was thinking, and this was at the very, very early stages, okay, I I could introduce people through gifts. And the idea was, if I know what social enterprise is and you don't, if I can give you a gift, I can introduce you to social enterprise and I can gift you this world of social enterprise where you could try all of these amazing products and you could read about their stories. And the stories part was absolute key because stories unite and inspire and educate people and children can understand these stories um, and everyone can get involved in the storytelling aspect and I felt the stories was the very very best way to help people visualize a new future because we're not just a gifting company we're creating a better world an exciting world a world that I would actually want to have a child and bring them up in um, and that's why the stories are so important and it's not just about social stories club story we want to spread the word about these other social enterprises that we're working with as well and their stories. You're basically doing the um, social enterprise awareness for, for the all social enterprises, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, well, I genuinely believe in the future, every business will be led by a social mission. I, I absolutely see it. It is the future. And I think a lot of people like me didn't know that that was a possibility. So entrepreneurs out there could look to embedding social enterprise and embedding an mission into their companies, those who are looking to start up. And everybody else, they can support social enterprises because if you don't know they're there, you don't know they're there to support. And if you do, then you can actively look for social enterprises instead and re- replace the things that you're buying, uh, gifts, chocolates, teas, bags, with companies that are making a real impact in the world. Yeah. So um, where you're talking there about, you know, that the future is social enterprise, our, our vision is actually a world where all businesses are social enterprises. So um, it's it's great to have someone on that's as excited and passionate about doing that as, as I am. Um, so um, you talked about um, the 
impact of Social Stories Club, but also the impact on the social enterprises that, that you work with and have their gifts in, in the boxes. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the impact and the difference that, that you've made through working with the different social enterprises? Absolutely. So we've worked with over 30 social enterprises at all different sizes and stages of their journey. And those who are really, really small, uh, they actually, some of them launched their products through our boxes and that able, was able them to test the markets, gain feedback from them and uh, get their first order as well. And I know from a fact that orders is what social enterprises need. Do you know what I mean? They really, really need people to buy from them. And we have helped uh, these social enterprises break into new markets. Um, we uh, have reached over a million people through our, do you know I mean, advertising, through our gifts, people, that's our influence. So we are helping people to realize that not only a social stories club here, all of these social enterprises are here and we've had companies who have bought from us who have then gone and stocked up their fridge with the social enterprise drinks, teas, coffees that they found through our boxes. And it's kind of had that positive ripple effect. But not only do they have our orders, they it's, a, it's marketing for them and it's gone on to spur more orders for them and larger contracts as well. So that's really exciting for us. That's why we're here. Amazing. And you mentioned about the sustainable development goals. Is that something yes. that you um, try to report against what you're doing against them or is it just something that, that sort of sits there behind what you do if that makes sense um the sustainable development goals um is corporate language so it's a language that many corporates use to understand and talk about sustainability so there's so many different ways that we could talk about social impact but we have to use the language that is being used by the people that we serve so we currently support 12 of the 17 UN sustainable development goals but by saying that you're missing out the story aspect and to me the stories is such an important part that just saying that we support 12 of the 17 development goals it misses that aspect so we use lots of different language and lots of different ways to to share the impact that we are creating um our impact report is on our website so anybody can go and see it and take a look but one thing that's also really really important to the measurement of our impact is the the people who we are employing and training and giving opportunities to because although we're here to spread the word about social enterprise it was always the plan from the start to give individuals with barriers to employment uh, job opportunities that they wouldn't get otherwise and we've created 3,000 hours of employment for for these individuals and that's something that we're looking to grow and expand that program and that we're really excited about. Wow, it sounds like you're you're really busy. You're on a, a massive mission to to make a real difference. You talked about um, some of the social enterprises. I, I'm me being a curious person. Where you're saying, you know, there's there's thirty of them. I'd love to just hear about um, one or two of them if you you're willing to share um, about a couple of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Tea People is one of them. They're a wonderful social enterprise and uh, they make tea and the farmers who uh, harvest the crops, um, the profits from the tea is used to educate their daughters because there isn't equal quality education for girls and boys across the world. And so it's helping to educate uh, girls in tea growing regions. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. And another one is soaps that empower individuals with disabilities who are who create 
the products themselves. So they do the artwork, which um, is used on the beautiful packaging, and that's Art House Unlimited. And this wonderful, wonderful company. And the the drawings are just so beautiful. Like the packaging, it looks like it's been designed by a professional designer. And it's just a collage of all these birds that have been beautifully drawn, these dogs, all of these different designs. And they're just absolutely stunning, like absolutely beautiful. And they smell great as well. Uh, So those are two companies that I absolutely love uh but there's so many there's over 30 <laughs> as yeah. I just said that we've that we've supported um over time so yeah wow so how do you go about finding the the social enterprises do they come to you or if you, do you spend a lot of time traveling and researching because to me that would be like bliss yeah. <laughs> um it's it's a very very mixed like every social enterprise we work with has a different story of how they ended up working with us but we kind of know about most social enterprises that are on our radar. And um, there's the way we decide whether something goes inside our boxes, it has to fit really strict criteria. So firstly, it has to match our values. The company must be led by their social mission and have that social impact embedded into their core and have that story because of we know how powerful these stories are. And we want a variety of stories and a variety of different social causes that are being addressed um, as well. But also it has to be something that people want to receive in a gift box. So we get so many social enterprises reaching out to us who are doing wonderful work but people don't want to receive the products that they have so it could be individuals with disabilities that make lavender bags or key rings but if nobody's going to buy them then I mean it doesn't work for us we can't sell them we have a load of key rings and lavender bags in our warehouse so we work really closely with a, a lot of our customers who give us feedback lots of focus groups to find out really what do people want to receive and we know they love to receive consumables and things that are reusable so that's what our ethos is of I mean what goes in our box but there's also size um, and weight constraints when sending things through the post so we have to consider that too if you sell alcohol, you get an alcohol license, for example, and everything has to have a certain aesthetic. So there's a wonderful social enterprise. I can't remember the name. This was four years ago. So back at the start, we really liked, but their their packaging was just not on the vibe that we were trying to create. And so we decided not to include them because the presentation of our gift was so important. And every one of our boxes is packed so carefully and beautifully that we wanted people to open up these boxes and be burst of colour and joy and, you know, positivity. And so anything that just didn't quite look like it matched that, then um, we would give them that feedback and then they could come back with different packaging if that's what they wanted uh, most of the time they didn't come back with different packaging sounds like there's a very detailed process to, to get into one of your gift boxes you've obviously thought it through in a lot of detail you started in 2018 the the last couple of years have, have been eventful for a lot of social yes. enterprises um how's yeah. it been for for you <laughs> Wow, a roller coaster. So um, we served large corporate events before the pandemic. And then we had our largest orders at the time, £30,000 worth of orders just cancelled on the spot due to the large events being cancelled. And that was heartbreaking for us. And 
I think a lot of businesses in that very dark first few days of the pandemic were like, well, what are we going to do? And um, eventually we repositioned ourselves. We looked, right, who wants gifts now? How can we help, I mean, serve people? And we realized due to shops being closed, the e-commerce was most likely going to pick up. So we focused on the B2C market. We created a hug in a box and we had a campaign of send a hug to someone that you can't give a hug to. And that just, um, it exploded. We did really, really well with that um, campaign. And um, everything has been up and down since then. So we had an enormous problem with the, I don't know if you heard about it, but there was a national cardboard shortage. I think it was the December of 20, November, December of 2020. And we're a gift boxing company. Cardboard is pretty <laughs> crucial to our offering. And we were very prepared. We ordered everything in advance, but we were moving to a new premises and cardboard boxes take up a lot of space. So we didn't order the cardboard boxes because we never predicted we'd have a problem with supply because we had three different suppliers. So if one went off, then we'd have the other. But when there's a national cardboard shortage, do you know what I mean? Which we found out fairly last minute. We found it in November and we'd already made sales that we needed to be sent out in a couple of weeks and our suppliers cancelled on us. Then we had new suppliers. We ordered, paid an enormous amount to get these boxes paid an enormous amount for express shipping and then they emailed us a week later saying hi your order's all fine all great but it's going to be there on December the 26th these were Christmas boxes and we couldn't get a refund because if they were still going to deliver our gifts they could only refund the express shipping so now we had an absolute load of expensive gift boxes coming for Christmas after Christmas and so we had to be innovative. We had to upgrade all of our boxes to be just a plain box, but then with a luxurious sleeve around it. So all of our customers were delighted because they got an upgrade. It cost us an absolute fortune, but we were able to serve all of our customers that Christmas. We had to close early due to the cardboard shortage. Um, and it wasn't ideal. It was a very expensive mistake. And it wasn't just COVID. It was Brexit also coming into play there so now we've we prepared and we get everything in advance absolutely everything in advance before busy season wow I didn't know about the cardboard shortage obviously I knew about the um toilet roll shortage and yeah. the um, fuel shortages <laughs> that we've had but um yeah uh, oh and pasta I think was the other yes. thing that went from the the shelves of the shops but um yeah no didn't know about the cardboard so yeah that sounds like a, a very stressful time I I think um my stress levels would have gone through the roof <laughs> um okay so um thinking about the the future so obviously you're now um b2c and b2b um yes. um is is that the future what what's what's happening what what have you got planned that you you want to or might want to share with us um no um insider secrets please yet <laughs> we have we have so many ideas but what we've boiled it down to is we need to focus on the one we have now and expand it and grow. So we want to have a team of 20 
individuals with barrister employments who we're training and providing these jobs for, do you know I mean, permanently throughout the year and not just in the busy season. So we're gearing up and we're trying to gear up our sales with that being our goal. Do you know I mean, our next goal, we've already actually reached our initial goal that we were going for. So now we've we've got to come up with new ones to go for. So that's what we we want to do now. And in order to do that, we need sales. That's the, do you know I mean, that's the missing piece is the sales. Okay. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners today? Um, well, we on our website, we have social enterprise gift boxes. So if you know of anyone who is looking for gifts, um, I, it's actually been situations like this where somebody's listened to something where we've got some of the, the best connections have really helped us. So a plug here, I'd really appreciate if you could put someone in touch, go and check out our website. It, it makes an enormous difference. And we're so grateful to everyone who just gives us, do you know what I mean, two minutes of their day. Okay, and what what's the website or any of your um, yep. social media that you want to share? Let's see, so we can get some people there and get you some sales. Thank <laughs> you. So we're socialstoriesclub.com and on Instagram, we're socialstoriesclub and Facebook, we're socialstoriesclub and LinkedIn, we're socialstoriesclub. And my name is Kara Skill. That's K-A-R-I-S-G-I-L-L. If you want to add me on LinkedIn, I'm always happy to meet new friends, make friends, not contacts. And uh, so I'm really happy to connect with anybody there as well. Okay, brilliant. So let's hope um, you get an influx of sales as a, a consequence of people listening to the podcast. I, for one, um, love what you do. I think it's brilliant. I, I've bought one of your um, gift boxes for, for one of my friends. Um, oh, thank you. I can't remember when it was. I think it was... <laughs> Don't, it might have been around Christmas time, so yeah, <laughs> we we may have may have been in one of the um, cardboard shortages. <laughs> um, Maybe, but, um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's for me. I I just love I love the concept, and I like the fact that you you are educating people about social enterprise as well, because it like you say it's about having similar values and perspectives and and that was definitely evident in terms of going on your website I was like yeah I, I love it <laughs> so, thank you so much did your friend like it yeah she loved it so thank you so much for for joining me it's been fantastic and fascinating talking to you thank you so much for having me this has been really great opportunity I really appreciate it thank you You've been listening to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. Social entrepreneurs, the world needs you. It's never been more important that you succeed. But where can you get easy to understand information and guidance, know-how and support for every part of your social enterprise journey? The Make an Impact membership is for social entrepreneurs starting, growing or scaling their social enterprise. And it will help you with funding, strategy, impact, marketing, product and service development, pricing, policies, goal setting and financial management, plus support from experienced social entrepreneurs experiencing the same issues as you. Find details at makeanimpactcic.co.uk or in the podcast show notes. Thank you for listening.